0: to the Dana Crypto Show, Bitcoin and Common Sense. started with food. Primal people used to grow stuff outside their caves and eat it. But the weather everywhere was different, so people were freezing to death and couldn't grow anything. So what they did was they stole food from others. Smart, huh? Well, not quite. Soon enough, people realized they didn't have to steal from each other. Instead, they started to exchange food for things. Horses, buckets, or whatever. But this didn't last very long, so people decided to use something else for that purpose. Hmm. Something more valuable. Something rare. Something like... Like gold. There's not much gold in the world, and it's difficult to mine. Great people thought. Let's get down to business. So they started to exchange everything for gold: their food, work, and sometimes even their lives. <clears throat> gold is not some kind of magic metal. People decided that it had value. Also, they realized that they would run out of it one day. Soon enough people got tired of carrying gold around. It was heavy and could just get them into trouble. That's when people got another idea. Why not deposit gold in banks? Government started to print special papers called banknotes banknotes had different numbers written on them. This way people knew how much gold a banknote could buy. Banks became the place where people kept their precious banknotes. Unlike gold, banknotes didn't require mining. Governments could print as many as they wanted. The value of banknotes started to drop. That's what we call devaluation. Bankers started to exchange different banknotes and receive huge bonuses in return. Very soon money began to rule the world. That's when a group of smart guys decided to change things. They invented a new form of currency, the one that government and banks would not control. They called it Bitcoin. To prevent forgery, they invented a complicated algorithm that would create new Bitcoins. To prevent any fraud, they decided to register all Bitcoin transactions in one digital ledger, which they called a blockchain. At first, there were just a few of those smart guys. But with time, more and more people saw that Bitcoin was just like gold, only better. They could buy anything with it, Me. Beer, jewelry, or even a Thai massage. This way, Bitcoins became secured by the interest of smart people. So now you know how the Bitcoin came into this world.
1: Hurry, Boo The show's
0: about to start! I'm oh, coming instead fast as I can! This is John
2: McAfee, and you're listening to the Dana Crypto Show.
0: You can't handle the truth! You're a Gucci boo boo.
1: You?
2: Good afternoon, America! And welcome to the Dana Crypto Show. It's a show all about Bitcoin and blockchain technology. Yeah, Mr. Crypto! We sometimes throw a little Wall Street stuff in there, maybe a little AI And tons of common sense. You're listening to the Dana Crypto Show. It's the first FM radio show in America on Bitcoin, blockchain technology, finding out what's going on, man, because the world's changing. It's rocking and rolling. There are movers and shakers all over the place. We don't put up with the status quo here on the Dana Crypto Show. In the past few weeks, we've had some several high-powered guests on our show, people that educate the crypto fans, to educate us on what's going on in the world. And this week is no exception, man. This week is no exception. I got a guy on the phone right now, Simon Ree. He's the founder of Options Academy Trading School. He's the number one best selling author this is a real cool guy we got on the phone man he knows his stuff simon is the author of the number one best-selling book the towel of trading that's t-a-o the towel of trading and uh, he's the founder of Toweroftrading.com. i was just on that site and it's pretty cool he got some uh courses that he's offering to make you have a second income to get your life better It's tough, man. I went to the grocery store the other day. Every time I go in, it's more expensive. It's more expensive. What's going on in the world? Can't even buy a dozen eggs, man. You got to, like, mortgage your house. It's ridiculous. But Simon, he's the man, man. He's going to talk about some trading. We're going to talk about some of the myths of Wall Street and what he does. So without any further ado, please give a big Cryptomania Crypto Show welcome to Simon Ree. How we doing, Simon? Hey,
3: Dana. Thanks for the intro. Really well. Thanks for having me.
2: We're going to jump right into it. The five big myths of Wall Street. What are the myths? Why don't we start out? We'll go one by each. What's the f- number one myth of Wall Street that we've been told that might not be true?
3: Yeah, sure. Look, I think the number one myth of Wall Street is this idea that 10% per annum is a fantastic return. All right? We've been led to believe that if you want to achieve returns of more than 10% per annum, you can't possibly do that without taking on crazy amounts of risk. All right, now 10% per, per, per annum per year just happens to be approximately the average long-term annual return of the S&P 500. Okay, it's a return that Wall Street can earn for you without really lifting a finger over the long run. Uh, but of course, they want to charge you a heap of fees for doing that, and so they want you to feel very grateful and, and like it's a, it's a great return uh, and that you couldn't do any better than that yourself. Now, there's a problem with this 10% per annum, right? We've all heard that, you know, compound interest is wonderful. The thing is, if if you're only earning 10% per annum on your money, you either need a long runway, all right? If if you're in your 20s and you've got 30 or 40 years to retirement, yeah, 10% per annum is great and you just let compound interest work its magic. But if you're a little older than that, if you're in your 40s, 10% per annum isn't going to make a life changing return for you unless you're already very wealthy. All right. So, really, what I'm saying to people is if you're you're a bit later on in life and and retirement is maybe 10 or 15 years away rather than 30 or 40 years away, uh, you might need to look at something other than 10% per annum in order to meet your financial objectives.
2: That's cool. Now, when when people sign up for your site and uh, for your courses, then you're teaching them how to get more than 10%. That's right, yes.
3: I mean, if, if you try diligence and you follow the system, you know, you respect the process and you're consistent and you, and you just show up every day, um, you, you should... Success will... It's almost inevitable, all right? Once you, once you learn the art of not losing money and, and you become a master of risk control, um, I, I won't say success is guaranteed, but, but it's almost inevitable for most people, provided you follow the system.
2: That's really exciting. So what's the second big myth of Wall Street? This notion that finance is complex and investing is hard.
3: All right? Um, You know, I've worked for major global investment banks for the better part of my career, and um, I I understand that Wall Street has, has developed this very complex sort of insider jargon, and it's done deliberately to make... People feel like outsiders and, and feel as though they're not in possession of the information that they need. But the fact is you, you, don't need to, you don't need to have a Bloomberg screen. You don't need access to sophisticated financial models or any of that stuff to make very, very good, very consistent and, and reliable gains from the stock market or, or from any financial markets. Einstein had a famous quote that everything should be made as simple as possible, but no simpler. Uh, Wall Street tends to do the opposite, right? They tend to make everything as complex as possible. And again, it's just to try and make what they do seem a lot more difficult than what it really is.
2: Now, a lot of people here in the United States will uh, pick a uh, financial advisor, or they'll put their portfolio. And you see them on TV, advertised all the time. There's one in particular I'm thinking of. Every time I see it, I want to change the channel. It's a guy. If you have a half a million bucks and you want to invest and get the best, you know, uh, tax uh, protection and all this other stuff, uh, you got to join our team. But you're not really talking about the people who have the half a million bucks. You're the people who, you're talking to the people who want to have. A half a million bucks.
3: That's right. I mean, if, if you've got half a million dollars to invest, you know, a lot of your problems have already sorted, right? Um, but if you've got $10,000 and then you want to retire in 10 years, well, you, you've, got some, you've, got, you've got some things to figure out.
2: Absolutely. You got to figure things out. So there are something called the seven wonders of the world. We've all heard of these things. I don't know what they are off the top of my head. I think uh, the Grand Canyon might be one of them. I know that the Empire State Building was one of the seven (laughs) wonders of the world, but I I don't think that's so impressive anymore. I think that's off the list. But you're talking about the eighth and ninth wonders of the world, and that's how to capitalize on them. Uh, how, How do you capitalize on them, a.k.a. how do we beat inflation with these eighth and ninth wonders of the world?
3: Okay. So the eighth wonder of the world. Uh, I didn't make this up. Uh, this is another one from Albert Einstein. But Albert Einstein said compound interest is the eighth wonder of the world. Now, compound interest has been a, a waste of time for much of the past decade because interest rates have been zero. It's just only in the last uh, few months that we've we've had uh, positive interest rates. And yeah, now, you, now you can get a 5% rate of return on cash risk-free. And, and that's very nice. And you know, I encourage everybody to do that with their cash. But the secret to making compound interest work for you is, is regular compounding. So people, when they think of compound interest, they think about sticking money in a bank account uh, or, or a certificate for deposit and just rolling it over every year. Uh, the way to really make that work for you, though, is to compound your returns on a monthly basis. You know, If you can start earning 5% per month, which means at the end of each month, if your portfolio is up on average 5%, you start taking slightly more risks, taking slightly bigger positions in in your trades. Um, You know, you can be looking at life-changing returns within the space of five years. Uh, You know, you're not having to wait 30 years anymore for for those life-changing type returns. Um, But the ninth wonder of the world is is my own uh, concoction. Uh, and I call trend following the ninth wonder of the world. Uh, I'm, I'm a trend follower at heart. Most of the trading systems that I teach are trend following based. And uh, I love trend following because with trend following, you're always following the path of least resistance. It's, it's like sailing with the wind at your back. Um, trend following can be very visual and, and very intuitive. And it can be very easy to know whether you're right or wrong in a trade. Um, So I recommend anybody who's interested in in getting started in trading, start off with trend following. Again, for those reasons, it's simple, it's visual, and, and it can quickly become quite intuitive.
2: We're talking with Simon Ree. He's the founder and uh, best-selling author of Tao of Trading. That's T-A-O of Trading.com. You can find all kinds of information if you just go to this website. And uh, Simon has successfully mentored hundreds, no, hundreds of aspiring traders on the simple techniques he uses to generate consistent cash flow from the stock market. We're glad he's calling in today to share some with us. Uh, what's the current economic and financial market outlook? What, what, what's your opinion on that?
3: I think we're in for years of high volatility. Um, we're in a, a new inflation regime. You, you made the comment earlier, Dana, about how every time you go to the shop, it seems to cost you more. Um, inflation hasn't been fixed. I mean, it, it looks like it's peaked, but it doesn't look like it's going back to 2% any time over the next few years. And, and what we know from experience is when you get a high degree of economic volatility with inflation peaking and troughing and peaking and troughing, you tend to get a lot of financial market volatility as well with sort of bull markets followed by bear markets followed by bull markets followed by bear markets. And and what I think we're probably looking at is another decade where the S&P 500 basically doesn't go anywhere. Now, there will have been some exciting bull runs in that time and some harrowing bear markets as well. But if you've stuck your money in a buy and hold portfolio, you might find at the end of 10 years' time, you might be thinking, well, what what was all that about? What what was the point of, of experiencing those highs and lows? Um, but if you know how to trade, if you know how to follow trends and identify trends, uh, this sort of market environment can be a trader's paradise.
2: Well, everybody likes a trader's paradise. And uh, what is your opinion, uh, or do you have, or do you hold, or do you recommend uh, anything, anything in the crypto NFT markets? Is that something you get involved with, or do you just stay away from that?
3: No, I don't. I mean, I don't stay away from it, but it's, it's not really my, my wheelhouse either. I mean, I... You know, I had some experience, uh, sorry, some exposure to, to, to the Bitcoin and Ethereum. Uh, I really haven't kind of got involved in, in altcoins or, or NFTs.
2: Well, you know, got to know when to hold them and know when to fold them, man. I think that's what you teach on your course. <laughs> and, uh, you know, yeah. it's, it's the cryptocurrency. Uh, you know, I I'd tell people just buy it and hold it. Uh, you wouldn't put all your, and I think you're going to agree with this statement, you wouldn't put 100% or even 50% or maybe even not even 20% of all Your uh, investments in one particular stock, you wouldn't just put it in Tesla or GE. I mean, that would not be smart. You'd want to spread that out. And so with cryptocurrency, you do the same thing. It's very volatile. You can't count on it. So if you're talking about, uh, you know, like we are now about retiring, I think you're you're spot on with getting into the market, but learning how to trade, learning how this thing works, because it can be confusing for the average person. Would you agree with that?
3: Look, it, it certainly can be confusing, but but it doesn't have to be, and it, it all it requires is is an education. I mean, the the, the problem is right. People they see, they they see and they hear these statistics about how you know 80% of traders lose money, and and most people open up a, an options brokerage account end up losing money, and 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 it's true, unfortunately. But the problem is the barrier to entry to opening an options brokerage account is very, very low. You just, you know, $500 and off you go. Now, imagine if you could drive a car without learning how to drive a car and without getting a driver's license, All right? Imagine how many accidents there would be, right? Now, nobody makes you learn how to trade or get a license to open a brokerage account which is why there tend to be so many financial accidents. So, what I encourage everyone to do if they want to start trading is get a proper education, um, and, and don't don't think that just because you can open a bro- brokerage account, uh, you're immediately qualified to trade. Um, learn how to do it, because, like I said, it's 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 simple, but it isn't easy.
2: We're talking with Simon Ree, and he is the Tao of trading, and we'll be right back. <laughs> Listening to the Dana Crypto Show, Bitcoin and Common Sense. They'll be right back.
0: Oh, God. Oh.
2: Hello. Here in India, you see, we love curry, but we also love cryptocurrency. We are sannyasins to our wise crypto master, Dana Crypto. Enlightenment is just a few shows away.
1: and if you would only let it climb we'd be fine i like you more when you pump when you drive the prices up but then as soon as i open my long you become somebody else big market sells i'm watching my stops the price just drops i thought you were cool you looked like a
4: Everybody, it's me, comedian Tony V, and you're listening to the Dana Crypto Show. I spent 20 seconds with this guy, and I now have gold-plated teeth. Listen to him. He knows what he's talking about. Dana Crypto, if you're hearing me, that's where you got to be. Flying on the airlines and listening to the airlines' announcements and trying to pretend to ourselves that the language they're using is really English. Doesn't seem like it to me. whole thing starts when you get to the gate. First announcement. We would like to begin the boarding process. Extra word, process, not necessary. Boarding is enough. We'd like to begin the boarding. Simple, tells the story. People add extra words when they want things to sound more important than they really are. Boarding process sounds important. It isn't. It's just a bunch of people getting on an airplane. People like to sound important. Weathermen on television talk about shower activity. (laughs) Sounds more important than showers. I even heard one guy on CNN talk about a rain event. Swear to God. He said, Louisiana's expecting a rain event. I thought, holy shit, I hope I can get tickets to that.
2: Let's continue our conversation with Simon Ree. What do you think about bots and trading? Is this something that we could set up, uh, you know, and I know in blockchain technology in in, in particular, that uh, in smart contracts on the Ethereum network, you can put in a, a parameter of when you want to execute trades and when you want them to uh, cash out or whatsoever. Uh, how do you see this uh, working in your system? Is this, I guess, my, my, my to clarify my question, Are your, is your system something that I would be on my computer working and monitoring on a daily basis or do I just set it up and put some parameters in and let it run by itself?
3: Great question. Um, it's probably a two-part answer to that. Um, one question I get a lot is, you know, isn't trading all done by bots and algos these days? And you know, how, how can humans compete with them? Um, and the answer to that is, is kind of yes and no. So algos uh, are very active in the HFT, the high frequency trading space. All uh, right, this is where you've got uh, people like Citadel. They've got bots that are trading thousands, thousands of times per second. Um, mm-hmm. Don't even think about trying this unless you've got a supercomputer co-located in an exchange and you spent tens or if not hundreds of millions of dollars developing an algo. Uh, The other place where algos and bots excel is in longer-term trend-following techniques employed by managed futures funds, the CTAs, And they're generally trading for the most liquid markets in the world, uh, given the size of the funds. And they'll typically hold positions for several months, if not years, looking to capture those longer-term trends. Um, What we do is we're buying options in single stocks and ETFs, and we're typically holding positions anywhere from two to three days to two to three weeks. And and that is just not an area that is dominated by algos or bots at all. Um, And and it does require a degree of discretion. So what my members and I do is I I teach people how to set up scans. right, So you can set up a scan based on, a strict set of criteria, which will give you a short list of potential stocks to trade that, that, that meet the basic scan criteria. But then it still requires some judgment. You still need to look at the chart and make sure the stock is is doing what it should be doing in order to have a high probability trade. So trading can be done in as little as 20 to 30 minutes per day once you've got the process grooved. It, it will take longer than that, I would say, you know, for your first hundred trades when you're still figuring things out and learning the process. Once you, I would say your first hundred trades is like your apprenticeship, uh, once you've got that done, uh, an average of 20 to 30 minutes a day. Some days it might take you an hour, other days it might only take you three minutes. Um, but, but yeah, I, I think it's a very time-efficient way of creating wealth.
2: There's a company out there, it's a crypto trading company, they also do stock trading and all that and they have a, 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 a platform or an option on their site, that you just basically, you follow the the trader that's making money. So you can have trader A, B, C, and D, and you see all their trades, and all you do is you go on, and you say, I like trader B, he's got a 35% annual return, anytime he makes his trade, I want to make the same trade, and it's programmed, and you just walk away, and you're just basically, he's doing all the work, and you're... Uh, reaping the benefits or losing, depending on how he does. Uh, have you ever heard of something like this? And is that something that you may do in the future, or do you do it now?
3: I, I have heard of such things. It's, I, I'm more interested in, in teaching people how to become financially independent and not reliant on somebody else, whether they're reliant on a financial advisor or whether they're reliant on some trader on one of these platforms. I, I just think people should strive to... Um, become self-sufficient and, and become responsible for their own success or failure. And then the beautiful thing about trading is it is absolutely a meritocracy. You know, you don't have to suck up to a boss. There's no office politics involved. You, you live and die by your own efforts. And, and to me, it's a, it's a very cleansing and a very empowering environment. Uh, and, and I think people should, should embrace that. Um, in terms of... Um, you know, if people want a bit of hand-holding, I I do offer a subscription plan where people can hear from me every single trading day. Uh, I talk about the trades I'm taking, the setups I'm looking at. I talk about the setups that I'm not taking. Uh, I talk about my winners, my losers, how I'm managing my risk, what I'm seeing in the macro situation. So yeah, absolutely. If people want a more intensive education, yeah, I, I do offer that. not just simply a, a, a coffee copy trade service. So I really want people to understand what I'm doing and why.
2: Absolutely. Education is power. And again, we're talking with Simon Ree. He's the founder and author of Tao of Trading. You can see that at Tao T T A O of dot com. You can check out his site. Now Simon, you're down in Singapore. Why? <laughs> uh, my wife's Singaporean. I, I was going to guess that. I was going to say, he's got to, he's got, you're, you're not the first, you're not the second, you're probably not the 10th guest that I've had on the show that lives in like Dubai or some <laughs> weird place. You got an English accent or not. Is that Australian or English?
3: It's, it's a it's a hybrid
2: <laughs> it's a hybrid his mother was australian i think and his father might have been english and he got he married a singaporean lady and having all kinds of fun down there so what's it like living in in singapore is the um and financial environment a little bit more conducive than it would be in other places look i
3: think the financial environment is good it's um it's, it's singapore it's a, it's a very multicultural very very global city um it's, it doesn't have a huge domestic financial market, so it, I find in Singapore I feel very plugged into what's happening all over the world, whether it's the US, Europe, and, and, and Asia. Um, you can tell by my accent. I'm, you know, I've obviously spent time in Australia. I found living in Australia, I, I really only felt plugged into what was happening in Australia. I felt much, much further away from from the rest of the world. And you know, I think most countries have quite a strong. Home market bias. Uh, I, I my, my perception is Singapore has got um, a, a pretty global view in, t- in terms of financial markets and business and economics.
2: And they cane people down there, man. You can You don't pollute down there. You'll get a cane yeah, across man. your back, man. They don't screw around. It's kind of crazy. Well, <laughs> yeah. you know that's the world we live in, and if you know you got to you got to obey by the rules. So we talked about a few of the big myths. I think it was the first couple we talked about. What's another myth or big myth of Wall Street?
3: Um, it's like this notion that investing is sensible and trading is like gambling. All right? Wall Street wants you to believe that if you're a trader, um, you're nothing more than a degenerate gambler. Um, now, the thing is, people make the mistake of thinking the difference between a trader and an investor is a function of time frame, but it's not. It's a function of... It's a, the difference is the function of a trader versus the function of an investor. Um, An investor is somebody who, when they make an investment, it's because they deeply understand the business. They're they're long-term owners of a business. They believe that they're buying it at a fair price and they're looking forward to participating in the profits of the company over many years and they're intent on holding that ownership for a very long time, often indefinitely. right? Anybody else is a trader, okay? Now, a trader is somebody who buys a financial asset with the expectation of being able to sell that financial asset at a higher price at some time in the future. That might be tomorrow, it might be a week, it might be a month, it might be five years away. But really, if anybody who checks their portfolio daily, weekly, monthly is a trader, anybody who worries about company earnings announcements is a trader, anybody who worries about what the Fed has to say on a monthly basis is is a trader. Um, Really investors don't worry about any of that stuff. And so most people who think they're investors are in fact traders, but the problem is they end up being lousy traders because they don't have a firm grip on risk management and they don't have a plan of what they're going to do if something unexpected or unwanted happens,
2: that's really uh, insightful. And we're talking again to Simon Ree. And we're coming down to the end of our interview. Simon, is there any? I really thank you for calling in. Is there anything uh, you can leave us, any pearls of wisdom that you can leave us and leave the crypto fans uh, as to what you offer and uh, how people should be carrying themselves in these financial times?
3: Going back to the point I made a few minutes ago, I think that the next five to ten years are likely to be a period of a lot of sideways, volatile, choppy markets. Uh, There will be moments that feel like a bull market, moments that feel like a bear market. Uh, But just buying and holding through all of that will probably be quite harrowing and and ultimately not that productive. So I would encourage anyone listening to this um, to, to learn how to identify trends. Learn how to identify high probability moments in time to join a trend manage your risk and and make the most of these sorts of conditions. You know, we we saw conditions like this through the the 70s and early 80s. It looks like we're going to go through a similar pattern now with uh, with this inflation genie is out of the bottle, and it it looks like we have entered a a new regime of high economic and financial market volatility. Uh, And, you know, even if you don't get your education through me, Uh, Just just make sure you get a quality education somewhere with somebody that you feel confident
2: and comfortable with. And I I think the resounding gong from Simon and myself is knowledge is power. Make sure you have that knowledge. You can get that at com. Well, thanks a lot, Simon, for calling in.
3: Absolute pleasure, Dana. Thanks for having me.
2: What a great guy. What a great interview. What an insightful interview into the financial markets. And again, that's Tao of Trading, T-A-O of Trading.com. You go pick up Simon's book, man. What else are you going to do in your life? Because you know here at the Dana Crypto Show, we believe in a few basic principles. We believe in a level playing field. We believe that everyone should have equal access and opportunity to all things that make us healthier and wealthier as a nation. We believe that talent is distributed equally, but opportunity, well, it's not... The way we do commerce is changing. The revolution is here. And hopefully, by becoming a fan of the Dana Crypto Show, you too can get in on the game. My name is Dana. Yeah, Mr. Crypto. At Real Dana Crypto across those social media sites. And always remember mutants, freaks, and cryptophiles I am your king.